This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Meantime, a fellow that's actually written a book about the War of 1812 is the uh, one and only Brian Kilmeade, New York Times bestselling author, nationally syndicated radio talk show host, and the anchor of Fox and Friends during the week, a host of uh, One Nation with Brian Kilmeade on the weekend. Hardest working guy in media from what I can tell. Brian, it's great to talk with you. I'm just uh, fascinated right now. I'm watching this network called CNN, <laughs> and they're covering this thing called the Hunter Biden whistleblower situation, where Gary Shapley sat down with Brett Baer, but also CBS, and said what a, what a uh, hoax this whole investigation was into Hunter Biden and what he saw and and what uh, what David Weiss was actually able to do, what Merrick Garland claimed he would do, and the difference. They actually are covering the story. Uh, as if it's legitimate news, so it must be real. Maybe there is a problem with Hunter Biden and Joe and his overseas business dealings. Uh, you know, what I do you have, think I have said from the beginning, honestly, that I think Joe Biden's biggest problem, whether it's Hunter or whether it's some of these other business dealings or some of the other things that uh, people have talked about, Joe Biden's biggest problem is going to be the Democrats and the left-leaning media because I don't believe they view him as a strong candidate come 2024. And I see uh, Democrats and left-leaning institutions uh, like the, um, you know, represented by CNN and the New York Times and the people in the White House press corps, I see them being the ones that drive Biden out of, uh, not out of office, but out of the race next year so they can run someone that they perceive to be a stronger candidate. Could be. Uh, I, you know, I tell you the truth, if, if I'm Gavin Newsom, if I'm Governor Bashir, if I'm Governor Jared Polis, if I'm Murphy, all these people who, who, who evidently they feel his presidential timber, I, I, what am I waiting for? I don't. Do you think that Tim Scott asked for permission? Do you think that Will Hurd asked for permission? You know, Governor DeSantis. They said, "Well, you know, this is my team. This is the money. I'm in." I don't understand what Democrats are doing. Well, why are they sitting on the sideline? They know his approval rating on the economy is 33 percent. He's running the economy. His approval overall hasn't been the highest. It's been is 43 percent. And the thing is, he's not 43. I mean, he looks 103. And then you have this scandal, which isn't my son did drugs and I covered up for him. That would be almost good news. This is I'm part of these international business dealings that I denied. He was in 10 meetings where he would just show up. Bobolinsky said that, you know, he was the he would have the preliminary meeting before they met with the rest of the family. So he's part of these international business deals. And they want to make it seem like, well, my son has addiction and I'm standing by him. And now people are just saying, I'm just not buying it. And and the thing is, even if he had, I think if he had 80% approval rating, you can't walk away from this story. That's how overwhelming it is. One of the things that I've heard from left-leaning pundits and others is that a lot of the information that uh, James Comer and others are bringing out about Hunter Biden 
is based on an informant and it's based on unconfirmed material. And a lot of folks are saying, well, wait a minute, isn't that the same criticism that some Trump supporters had of the Steele dossier? Explain to folks why it's not the same. Well, number one, they went up to Apple and they said, uh, we need access, here's a subpoena, to the WhatsApp uh, and we need to see what Hunter was up to. This is in, this is of national interest, and that's what revealed the WhatsApp text message where he's threatening a Chinese executive linked to the Chinese party and said, "My dad is sitting right next to me." And then they went ahead and subpoenaed bank records. These aren't steel dossiers. This is Bank of America, and they just said, "What's going on with these twenty-five shell companies? Money coming in from Romania, Kazakhstan, and..." the mayor of Moscow, uh, Burisma in Ukraine. And um, everything I mentioned to you is not a informant in Russia walking around making up a story in a hotel room. It is not hearsay. It's not a series of statements that are unverified. That's Christopher Steele. He said, I can't verify any of this. And they say, here's a million dollars verified. He goes, "I keep your million dollars. I can't verify it. I'm telling you right now. Bank records don't need James Comer. He was smart enough to ask for them, but they don't need them. The IRS asked for the Apple, asked, told Apple, I, I need this WhatsApp. So this is no opinion. This is fact. And then you have the laptop, which this, uh, which he dropped off, and now they go, well, it's, it's verified. We checked the IP address. This is it. So there's a huge difference between some guy named Charles Dolan walking around Russia, giving information to Dushenko, who gave it to Christopher Steele, and nobody says they can verify anything. So that's a little bit different. A side conversation by George Papadopoulos with an ambassador uh, from Australia in the UK about would-be Hillary Clinton's emails is a lot different than bank records. And where is the $17 million? And it's not... Frank Morano saying this, mm-hmm. it is Gary Shapley and another unnamed IRS agent who memorialized that David Weiss couldn't pursue anything to do with the dad. So is anyone out there protecting Trump or was it the other way around? A haphazard meeting with Don Jr. with a Russian, with a Russian, uh, I don't know what you call her, uh, going on a Russian advocate uh, trying to get them to get off the McGinsky Act is not something even that gets close to doing illicit deals with the Chinese government that uh, that strip mines that sells strip mines in the Congo with rare earth. So I mean, this is not even close to the Steele dossier. Where do you think this goes from here at this point, Brian? Legally, uh, obviously, you have the uh, special uh, the um, the U.S. attorney in Delaware still investigating Hunter. You have the James Comer oversight committee hearings, but also politically, I, at, at some point, I think this me, this uh, is a there's a breaking point where other national Democrats, whether it's an Amy Klobuchar, or Gavin Newsom, or someone else, decide we cannot allow the party to be beholden to the Bidens come next year. There's too much at stake. At what point does it reach a breaking point? Well, today, Joe Biden sits down on another network with and does an interview with Nicole Wallace. And he's got to answer. He hasn't answered any questions in, in weeks. And when yesterday, and I'll, we all played, you might even have played it, 
these reporters sit next to him. He thinks he's going to talk Russia. And they said, Do, were you sitting next to your son when he said, uh, talking to those Chinese officials, my dad is right here and he's not happy. And he screams, no. So he's already getting it. You watch Admiral Kirby try to talk about what's happening and he's getting it. He goes, I'm not going to answer those questions. KJP just canceled her view appearance. And they say it's because of the writer strike. Really? There's writers on the view. Are you kidding me? Back in a moment, you need a writer for that. (laughs) Now, all of a sudden, now all of a sudden she's making a stand. So right now they're in the fetal position, even though there's these breaking news and they want us to say rally around the Biden economy, Bidenomics. Oh, that'll distract me. Now, this is this is a big deal. This is a big deal. And and I'm very I have not seen a prominent any democratic official outside RFK, I guess is a democrat, to say he's disturbed about he or she is disturbed about these about these relationships. Yeah, I I think to me the fact that the the White House press corps is starting to ask questions about this is an indication that um, we're we're seeing we're seeing a different attitude when it comes to how the mainstream media is treating the the issue of uh, of Hunter Biden. But uh, but we'll see. We'll see where it goes. It's going to be interesting. The Republican side of the ledger. All right. Another Trump indictment and another boost in the polls. He has widened his lead both nationally and in and in New Hampshire over Ron DeSantis. I'll tell you, if uh, if he keeps getting indicted, he may not even need to campaign. That's a good point, Frank. I mean, this is a great strategy. Uh, have Jack Smith over, overzealously overcharge me. Have Alvin Bragg, that embarrassment, who embarrassed us again in New York with the indictment of uh, Danny Penny. Uh, and, you know, have him do that and people just see pure politics. Remember, uh, 64% of the American public, general public, saw politics in the indictment. But I'm saying the majority do think he should be indicted for taking the documents, which the more you look at it, the more you understand it. It's Trump being Trump and it's, it's not a good thing to do. I get it. But in the big picture, should it should it put him in jail, especially because the current president of the United States did the same thing over the course of decades, which it means he must have stolen them because you, evidently you can't get out of a skip without jamming in your pants. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we need to we need to have some relevance. I actually think that he'd be he wouldn't have any opposition because they would say it's not worth getting in because his numbers are so good. I think they're all waiting to see if he's arrested. I mean, they literally are waiting for him to go on trial. And then everybody moves up. That's why they're that's why all these I think it's a quality field. But that's why they're in the race. They think that if he's going to get indicted, they want to they think this is the one, this is the time. And they think that DeSantis is vulnerable too. We've talked about the fact that Trump has indicated he's probably going to skip that first Republican presidential debate. Now, the word is he may actually hold a competing event at the same time. We've seen him do stuff like this before back in 2016. What do you think this portends for the Trump campaign this time around? Uh, I would think if you have a choice of watching Trump riff at a town hall, kind of like he did with uh, Caitlin Collins on CNN, or watching all the other candidates, a lot of whom the most of the voters don't yet, yet know, go at it with one another, you're going to choose Trump. I mean, how are any of these other candidates going to get any traction if Trump's not even going to appear on the same stage with them? 
I don't agree. I, 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 you know, Trump will get some viewers, but we've seen that speech so many times before. I think they're tuning into the debate. Really? Not just because it's on Fox. Really? Are you kidding? So it, 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 I mean, would it be better with Trump in there? Yeah. But to me, it's much more compelling seeing DeSantis get attacked like Mitt Romney was attacked as the front runner because he'll be the front runner then. And then, you know, Christie will be making his case. There'll be people will have tactics. You know, Tim Scott will have a tactic of separating himself as the next generation while not separating himself from the policies. Um, Chris Christie will go for the jugular of a guy that's not there. So I think it's much more compelling seeing 12 talented Republicans on stage than one generic speech from a president. I, so I just think it'll divide an audience. But to me, I'm, I'm tuning into the debate. Uh, well, I, I, uh, I imagine there's a, there's a degree of hometown lo- loyalty there, but uh, I, I can understand that. Hey, a uh, big day for baseball fans yesterday, a historic day. The uh, 27th perfect game in Major League Baseball History pitch by uh, Domingo Herman. Uh, this is pretty huge, and the fact that the, oh, there's only been actually 24, not 27, only 24 in the history of Major League Baseball, and we've had it's been over a decade since the last one. It really does give you an appreciation for what a marvelous athletic feat this is, doesn't it? Yeah, especially he's been he's not had a good year. No, he's been I mean, struggling. Is, it's not like he's been knocking on the door. Yeah, he didn't have a good year. And how weird is it? Not since Mike Tyson got knocked out in Tokyo and the Japanese audience just sat on their hands and you're watching at home going, do they realize how historic this is? Right. Did I ever watch 12,000 people witness history, first time since 2012, and there's nobody there to see it? And most of them were pulling for, I guess they're pulling for the A's who are going to be leaving town in two years. So the worst stadium against the worst team um, with the worst crowd, he did something pretty spectacular. That's for sure. Something tells me uh, it's 4th of July weekend. You're going to have something pretty special planned for One Nation on Fox News this weekend. What is the special Independence Day weekend theme of One Nation? Well, we got uh, three great historians to talk about America. And as we get closer to 250 years, are we ready to salute this great nation and appreciate how great it is? Uh, Shelby Steele will be one of them, Douglas Brinkley another, and Dr. Uh, uh, Dr. Riley of Chicago State will be joining us. So that, I think, will be great. We also have Gary Sinise joining us. Mm. If anyone's done more for veterans and understands, has a perspective on the war, I don't know who it is. Uh, Rob Schneider got preempted last week. We have him back this week because of the Russia situation. Uh, so he's going to join us. And an underappreciated story. The CEO of Barnes & Noble took that company that seemed to be heading towards bankruptcy and has turned it around. He's British. He used to own a small bookstore. How he did it and, and what we could all learn from it. So I just thought that would be a great American story to bring forward. So, Absolutely. Um, and uh, Yeah, so hopefully everyone will watch Saturday at 8. And for the history lovers in our audience, uh, Brian's books on history are absolutely worth checking out. In fact, I mentioned you yesterday because there was a fascinating article this week about the former Secretary of State of the Confederacy, happened to be Jewish, Judah Benjamin. And uh, there now it looks like he ran this whole spy ring from Canada to kind of disrupt uh, things from the North. Set fire to banks and uh, try and disrupt also the Republican Party convention in 1864. And they think he actually played a role in the plot to assassinate Abraham Lincoln. And they actually tracked him all the way to England after the assassination to track him down. And it reminded me of the book that you wrote about uh, George Washington and the secret spy ring that he was running. Apparently, all this talk of espionage and intelligence gathering and spying, it's not necessarily new. 
No, I, and I think the better you are at it, the more you win. And remember, we broke the codes in World War II that enabled us to take down the Japanese and, and the Germans. Uh, able us to D-Day to be to be such a success it was, even though there was so much carnage. So uh, spying, espionage, encryption, it's all uh, part of our past. I just think that people have to, to start liking the country again. And I think we have a two-year move. we got a couple of years to get our act together to fully uh, celebrate America's birthday. I'm older than you. I remember I was in sixth grade, 1976, and there was so much celebration about our 200-year anniversary. I want to get back to that. And I just think we, it's going to be it's going to be, it's got to be cool to like America again. And I know you and I get that. I know our audience gets that. But I think we've got to make it a mission to make sure people without sales. I don't want marketing. I just want facts. Imperfect people did some pretty perfect things that is still holding strong today. And they were in their 30s when they did it. And I don't know if they ever could have anticipated uh, making the superpower they did. But mm. that's our country. Yeah, well said. Uh, that's for sure. I'm looking forward to uh, seeing One Nation this weekend. Uh, uh, Rob Schneider, first of all, he's hysterical, but I saw he also announced that he's endorsing Robert F. Kennedy Jr. this week. So it'll be interesting to see what he has to say uh, if you guys get into discussing the presidential race at all. Right. Uh, and don't forget our show today. Uh, we have uh, Dan Bielek from Ukraine, Mark Thiessen, Carly Shimkus, who uh, a star of radio and TV. Uh, and uh, Kennedy will be on. So well, uh, this is just amongst our guests. It is a uh, it is a terrific, terrific show. People shouldn't miss it. And I love when uh, you do that simulcast with uh, with Stuart Varney. The uh, the the oh, that's di- today too. The yeah. dichotomy between Varney's <laughs> accent and your Long Island accent. There's uh, there's nothing better. So uh, people should definitely check that out. And I'm sure a lot of folks will be watching you on Fox and Friends this morning as well. Brian, it is always a treat. Thank you. Hey, well, actually, before we let you go, this person. Really reached out to me on Twitter, Lance, and he asked a question that I get asked about you all the time, which is, do you sleep at all? What Sincerely, what is your sleep <laughs> schedule? When do you wake up? When do you go to bed? Really? Yeah, really. Uh, okay. Um, I'm bed at 10 to 2.20. 10 to 2.20? Yeah. 10. And then, um, and uh, I don't know about you, but my busiest time, by the time uh, they send a the car, I take the train home. And I leave my car at the station. So when I get the train home, I have a car waiting. But they send a car in the morning. That's my busiest time. Like, this is my busiest time. The only part time I would ever take eight minutes out would be to, to do your show. I appreciate that. So, Believe me. Sincerely. Yeah, so, and then I'm still I'm doing a, I'm going to do an affiliate in an hour, one, of the affiliate, one affiliate a day at least, sometimes two. And then uh, do all the other things, the talk in New York and uh, get everything ready, do the, pro, do the promos for WABC but then do a separate promo for the other stations. So this is the busiest time. Wow. And then around two, you know, after the meeting for One Nation, and I did a special with Janine Pirro yesterday. So we did it on just Hunter Biden for an hour on Fox Nation. And then if you're filling in on the five, you stick it out. But then it's not unusual when I'm on a three o'clock train, now out of Grand Central, and I sleep a little bit on the train and then ready to go when I hit, get home. So it is a great, it is a great schedule for uh, a parent so now that kids are older it's even it's easier but when even they were younger you could pick them up from school if you had to you didn't miss a game i could coach their teams but we just won't you, know, you and i will not live a long time frank because everybody every study says <laughs> if you want a quality life make sure you sleep it's and true. i'm like damn i just want one study that said sleep overrated exactly <laughs> 
<laughs> you one, one study. E- yeah, even even alcohol, every one of out of every ten studies has something positive to say about it, but there's nothing similar on lack of sleep. <laughs> Brian, it is uh, always a treat, my friend. Th- thank you, sincerely. All right, go get him. Thank, thank you. you. Uh, the great Brian Kilmeade. 15 seconds of fame in a moment. Comment on anything you like, whether we brought it up or not. 800-848-9222. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight. 